specialize in the South. Welcome into the Y'all Show with John Rawl on this Tuesday edition. Boy, do we have a good one coming your way as we'll go through the headlines momentarily and tell you what all is going on in the region that we all call home or we want to call home if you don't happen to live in the South. Also, later this hour, we're going to put the political spotlight on the region. And President Trump was in Houston last evening. We've got some audio from that rally. Also, President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, he is a guy that has really been a mystery. And Jackson, Tennessee native Van Jones caught up with the president's son-in-law in a CNN special. And I saw this being promoted on Monday. And I've got some audio from that. And it's fascinating to hear this guy who is so close to the president, both through marriage as well as the fact that he has a prominent role in the White House. And Van Jones did a great job of interviewing him. Of course, Jones served in the Obama administration, and he's by no means a Trump fan, but he did a very fair journalistic interview with Jared Kushner. And we're going to play some of that in our political spotlight. Plus, the governor's race in Florida is heating up as we're only days away from the general election November 6th. And the two candidates, Republican and Democrat, held their last debate Sunday evening in a a debate that was televised on CNN. And we got a little audio for that coming your way before we get out of here in hour one. When we flip the page to hour two, we'll look at some sports lanyard. You got the World Series commencing tonight, Red Sox and Dodgers. Also, we've got some NFL news and notes, big game Last night in Atlanta, the Falcons getting a win over the Giants, but also some off-the-field notes from the NFL to address, including a former Alabama Crimson Tide star being traded. We'll tell you about that in Hour 2, and we'll look at some of the NCAA action from this weekend, including the group of five schools and one crazy finish in Conference USA over the weekend between Old Dominion and Western Kentucky. And you're not going to believe what happened in this game in Bowling Green. And three untimed downs leads to a crazy result. We'll tell you more about it in our sports lineup in Hour 2. So that's coming up. Plus, in Hour 2, we're going to have Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He'll be back in the saddle with all of his barbecue and great grilling greatness. And we'll have that coming up all on today's Y'all Show. If you want to reach out to us here... Our number is 803-816-1170, and that's a number you can call or text anytime. Operator standing by to receive that text with questions, comments, feedback, criticism, praise. We'll take it. We're big folks here. 803-816-1170. You can find us on Twitter at Y'all Show, and on Instagram, we're at The Y'all Show. So follow us. Be part of our social media empire with This is the Y'all Show. And, of course, we're now up and going with the y'all.com website, and you'll find info about the Y'all Show right there at y'all.com, Y-A-L-L.com. Now let's start off with what's going on in the south, and there's a storm a-brewing south of the border. And, no, it's not the caravan that we keep hearing about. It is a catastrophic hurricane named Willa, and Willa is heading to Mexico's Pacific coast, and it was hitting that area uh, earlier last night, earlier uh, earlier during the night, I should say. And it's going to reach 
Texas at some point. And so this is a Category 4 storm pushing close to Category 5. And forecasters expecting it to go through Mexico. It's going to hit the the highlands in Mexico toward the Texas border, the mountainous area. And then it's going to affect the American South. You could expect rainfall in a large part of Texas with Willa and look for rainfall in drastic amounts to hit Louisiana, coastal Mississippi, even in the Florida Panhandle, which is still getting over Hurricane Michael. So Hurricane Willa, a very powerful hurricane coming in from the Pacific last night and expected to reach Texas sometime around Thursday and perhaps hitting Louisiana and Mississippi and more toward the weekend. But we want to keep your eye on this. Not expected to go back out in the Gulf and strengthen, but still going to pack a, bunch, a punch of some degree, whether it's a lot of rain, some wind, and more, because it's a very powerful storm coming in from the Pacific to the Pacific side of Mexico's coast right now. Now, also in Mexico, you've got the migrants coming up from Central America and President Trump in a rally Monday night in Houston was very vocal about this. We're going to hear from the president later this hour in our political spotlight. But yeah, you've got thousands in this migrant caravan heading north. And it it's kind of becoming a, a common theme, at least amongst conservatives. And I'm not hearing the Democrats combat this theory that this, isn't it very strange that this caravan would be coming right on the heels of a major election in the U.S.? Is it, and I've heard people like Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity suggest this, there could be some validity here. Isn't it possible? I think even the president suggested this now that I think about it, that this could be a Democratic maneuver. And now a lot of Republicans and a lot of conservatives think that if that is the case, it's going to blow up in their face, kind of like the Kavanaugh hearings. But yeah, this movement of so-called migrants coming north, and I know some of the people that are all for open borders are saying, oh, it's just little kids and, and, and mothers trying to escape. Well, there may be some of that, but if you look, most all that I see with video and photos are grown men, grown men leaving their country. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Trump and say that most, most or he, he never gives an exact number, but I'm, I'm sure most of these people are probably good people trying to get a job and then improve their life. But there's probably a criminal element, as the president has accused some in this group of. Regardless, you just can't let everybody in the world come to America. I'm sorry. This is a country that has rules. Every country has rules. And yes, we should have immigrants. That's great. We need immigrants. But we need to do it where we know who they are and they have the blessing of our country. It may be a temporary blessing. But it still needs to happen that way. These people don't need to come in, assimilate, and essentially forge their way into becoming potential voters, potential citizens of this country when they did it illegally. Because there's plenty of people that go above and beyond to become legal citizens of the country. They go and do the steps that they're supposed to to become an American citizen. And it's not fair for those people to have people like this essentially force their way into the country. So we'll keep our eyes. Of course, we're not trying to tell you something you haven't already heard this from before. But yeah, this caravan is going to continue to be in the news. And don't be surprised if this doesn't become the number one story, if it's not already 
heading into the general election in just a couple of weeks. Well, if I had the bag of million jackpot, well, I'd probably send a couple of million down to the border right now and, and maybe just give it away to the folks. Say, hey, if you go back to Honduras, here's a couple mil. Go have a nice life. That would be a nice thing, don't you think? Well, the mega million jackpot is taking place again. The drawing is going to be tonight. It'll happen at 11 Eastern, 10 Central. And the pot now, a record-setting $1.6 billion prize as people all over the country, but in the South, minus Mississippi and Alabama, are having their chance of play the mega millions for a chance to win that nearly $2 billion prize. Lottery players face odds of 1 in 303 million of winning the mega million drawings tonight. And uh, I love this stat. In comparison, the odds of getting killed by a shark are 1 in 3.7 million in a lifetime, according to the International Shark Attack file. So 1 in 3.7 million versus 1 in 303 million for winning the mega millions. I'm sitting here looking at my mega millions tickets right now and i I, i'm just telling you i I think this is the magic number and and if i'm not on tomorrow's show you might know why i've hit the big time finally it's about it's about time Uh, and i'm sure all of you i wish you all hey why don't we have a pact here if you're listening to me right now and you win or if i win and you're the first i can't give it away to everybody but if if you're the first person to contact me via Y'all show at y'all.com, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W at y'all.com. I promise you, I'll give you a million. If you give me a million, if you win, I'll give you a million if I win the lottery. Hey, you still got like 900 and something other million dollars to play with if you take the cash lump sum. So that's a pretty good deal, don't you think? How many other shows are promising a million dollar gift from their host? Well, I, I'll give it to you if I win the Mega Million. So come on, Mega Million. Go to John Raw tonight. Or maybe I'll take the easy route and just enjoy your meal that you're going to send my way. How about that? To Calcasieu Parish, Louisiana, we go. An active duty U.S. Army soldier and his girlfriend were arrested Sunday night after police there stopped a car with his wife's body in the trunk. The Calcasieu Parish Sheriff's Office said 22-year-old Logan Kyle was transferred into the custody of the U.S. Criminal Investigation Division at Fort Polk, Louisiana. Sarah Parker, age 24, of Lake Charles, has been charged with obstruction of justice and failure to report a homicide. The Sheriff's Office said deputies got a tip Sunday night that a woman was driving around Lake Charles with a body in her trunk. And they stopped Parker's car a short time later. Kyle was in the passenger seat and Parker's two-year-old and one-year-old child in the back seats. And sure enough, that uh, reporter said that Kyle confessed to killing his wife at Fort Polk. What a horrible person. Already confessed, and his mistress there accompanying him in the murder. A Florida man killed his girlfriend and a child after a fight over watching football on TV, according to court documents. Tyrone Terrell Johnson, age 42, was arrested Sunday night and faces several charges, including murder and aggravated child abuse and the death of his girlfriend and her 10-year-old son, neither of who were identified, and this happened inside a Tampa, Florida apartment. According to Hillsborough County deputies, 
He and his girlfriend got into a verbal argument over changing the channel to watch a football game, and the incident escalated. He then began packing his belongings in the master bedroom when his girlfriend allegedly walked in and began verbally berating him. And you know the rest of the story. Which a terrible incident there in Florida with this man killing his girlfriend and a 10-year-old son, all because of changing the channel. What's wrong with you people? A man in Virginia has been killed trying to protect a woman from sexual assault. According to police, Patricio Salazar, 54 years old, died at the George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Thursday night after he was assaulted, allegedly by 27-year-old Michael Nash. And this happened in Arlington County, Virginia. But investigators said Nash was walking with a woman he knew when he started to physically and sexually assault her. And Salazar witnessed the assault, tried to help out, only to be beaten by Nash. And the man ended up dying. Good Samaritan ends up being killed, trying to get in the middle of this domestic melee. Good news for Mississippi and Louisiana in terms of business. An Australian company is drilling new wells in an oil formation that straddles southwest Mississippi and southeast Louisiana. And it's the first new wells drilled in about three years after a crash in oil prices dried up activities. The company called Australis Oil and Gas announced this month that it had started drilling the first of at least six planned wells near Gillsburg, Mississippi. Now, Gillsburg is not on the coast. It's actually just south of Macomb, Mississippi, not far from Kentwood, Louisiana, the hometown of one Britney Spears. The company bought 81,000 acres of leases in the region, and it's adding to an interest it already owned. And they are pumping out stuff right now in the proven part of the Tuscaloosa Marine Shell. The company says it plans to spend $43 million in borrowed money on drilling, which would be an average well price of about $7 million, less than the $10 million plus that was the common cost of a well in the region during an earlier burst of drilling. So, yeah. Drilling going on in Louisiana and Mississippi, just across the state line, sort of in southwest Mississippi and northeast Louisiana and that area as they're up and going with more oil wells. Perhaps part of the deregulation of the country leads to this company investing in these two states. The Alabama Forestry Commission has estimated a $20 million loss in timber in Houston County, Alabama, and that was because of Hurricane Michael recently passing through the area. Surveys conducted by the Forestry Commission found about 42,000 forested acres were destroyed by the storm, and around 13,000 of that was pine, nearly 3,000 of hardwood, and almost 26,000 acres of mixed pine and hardwood were lost in the $20 million estimate loss of timber in the state of Alabama. Forest owners should survey their property as soon as possible as storm-damaged timber, timber should be recovered quickly if it is to be utilized, officials say. Dying timber can also create fuel for wildfires. Compromised timber is also more susceptible to southern pine beetle attack. So, yeah, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Alabama's loss with Hurricane Michael. Maybe not a lot of lives lost, thankfully, in Alabama. But, yeah, lots of damage, including crops and timber, and homes damaged, too, in southeast Alabama in the Wiregrass area around Dothan. An officer, we mentioned this on the Monday, y'all, an officer in Gwinnett County, Antoine Tony, was killed 
in a fatal shooting Saturday, and one person was arrested. Another suspect was on the run. Well, a police officer yesterday shot and killed this 18-year-old suspect who's been accused of fatally shooting the officer near a school in the Atlanta area over the weekend. Police received credible information Sunday night that Tafari Maynard was in the Gwinnett County area and dozens of officers were mobilized to search and the SWAT team was called to clear multiple locations because of the threat posed and two officers searching behind a shed of a house that belonged to someone Maynard knew encountered him early yesterday morning and he refused to surrender and failed to comply with verbal commands to show his hands. One officer fired a stun gun which didn't incapacitate Maynard. Maynard then pulled out a lawnmower blade and moved aggressively toward officers, prompting a second officer to fire his gun, striking and killing Maynard, according to police there in Snellville, Georgia. But this man, wanted by police now, dead after a hunt for him. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is a great idea. I have never seen this anywhere. Perhaps it's a new fad, but I haven't seen it. A meetup spot. And the police in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, have these for internet purchase exchange locations. So essentially, it's a way for people randomly who want to sell things on the internet and they need to make a transaction in person. It is an internet purchase exchange location. Pretty good idea. Pretty safe thing. And I assume because the police is involved, it is done somewhere with some kind of police supervision. And if you've bought or sold something online before, you've known that people can hoodoo you, they can rob you, they can sell you a defective part or defective thing. But now, in Murfreesboro at least, this is going to be a new thing for everybody, a designated meeting area. And the police department went on Facebook to remind residents that anyone buying or selling items online can go to their internet purchase exchange today location to do it safely. And this location, as expected, is right in front of Murfreesboro's police headquarters on North Highland Avenue, and it is populated with green signs. It also has cameras recording at all times. The police even said that citizens are allowed to use the headquarters lobby if they prefer. Now, that's great news. That's a good idea. And now, with so many transactions going on, not just on eBay, but on other sites, especially when it comes to, like, selling a car, that's a lot of money. And instead of doing it somewhere and 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 having something bad happen these meetup spots are a good idea and a safe thing and kudos to murfreesboro i'm sure they're not the ones that created this nationwide but if they are at a boy at a girl or if they're just the first that i've noticed good job there in the borough missouri meth in the state of missouri yes meth is increasing as meth labs decrease as use in the state of Missouri is rising, according to Missouri's State Highway Patrol. However, the official said the use of meth labs are down. According to data, meth labs have dropped by nearly 97% in more than a decade, but those arrests still keep going up. Meth is the most used drug in most of rural Missouri, according to Callaway County Sheriff Clay Chisholm. And that's good news there that that's going down. But yeah, meth continues to be such a nuisance across the whole region. And here in a border area like Missouri, you're seeing some good and some bad come from that. Hey, perhaps that border wall might come through. Speaking of the area known as the border states and perhaps even to the north, there's a, there's an article that caught my eye. It's, it's 
title is Some White Northerners Want to Redefine a Flag Rooted in Racism as a Symbol of Patriotism. And it's about how Northerners are embracing the Confederate battle flag. And that's something that shouldn't be all that strange to me. I, th- I think the Confederate flag has been usurped by some groups in the past, but its original purpose was just what it was. It was a flag of the Confederate States of America. It was a battle flag, or, I mean, I'm actually kind of a nerd about this. The actual flag that most people say is a Confederate flag was actually never the official flag of the CSA. It was the Confederate naval jack. Now, there were battle flags that looked just like it that were square. They were used in the field of battle, but the Confederacy had three national flags, two of which did have that familiar flag in the canton of the flag, but none of those three national flags were what we know of as the Confederate flag that's been used in a lot of good ways and in some bad ways. A lot of good ways, I'm talking about Leonard Skinner, the group Alabama used it, it was in the Dukes of Hazard. it's been used in all kinds of sh- ways, shapes, and forms, it's an American historic flag. Now, yes, I can see why people up north use it, and I can see why people in the south use it. I like it, okay? And I'm not going to change, because I know it's some knuckleheads have done some bad stuff with it, uh, but I know that oftentimes the media distorts any kind of usage of it. You go watch any movie that wants to really bash the south, and they're going to find some opportunity to find that flag and go after it. And and if you don't believe me, just go find any any movie out there or any TV show that wants to poke fun at the South, okay? Uh, so I, I, as a defender of the South, I have to also defend the flag when it's used properly. But, yeah, it is seeing somewhat of a resurgent in the North. And I'll tell you firsthand, as a guy who likes the flag, it has taken a beating in the South. People who normally might like it, they have run from it. And I don't, I don't think that the race relations have gotten any better as a result. I mean, we still have problems. We'll always have problems, sadly. That's just human nature. So if you like it and you're using it in an honorable way, there should be no problem. But if you want to use that or any other symbol in a negative way, then, then there's a problem. But in the North, they are seeing this flag. And, you know, the Confederate flag has been used by other countries, actually. It's been a symbol of freedom and rebellion around the world. I had a guy on here recently who was an expert on Italy. And in southern Italy, they used to take the Confederate flag into soccer games because they were proud of their part of Italy being sort of the southern part. And they kind of had their own identity in that part of Italy. And they used that flag until... Someone, it might have even been my friend, pointed out, hey, actually, historically, there's this other flag that y'all could be using instead of the Italian national flag, and now that flag is very common in southern Italy, I think around Naples. I don't know my Italian geography like I should, but yes, you're seeing the flag of the CSA get, get some popularity in parts outside of Dixie, but if it's available in the south, that's great too, again. It's a great flag. And if you're old enough like me, I grew up with it, okay? It was on my favorite TV show, The Dukes of Hazard. It was, I was in a Boy Scout troop where we had the patrol that I was in was the Rebel Patrol. I had it on the side of my Boy Scout uniform. And instead of running from it, I'm proud of it. And I've never used the flag in a negative way. And it hardly does. Now, it only takes one time and it ruins it for everybody. But but that's not really the case. That That's... I should say it distorts it for everybody instead of ruins it. But 
But yeah, hey, good news. And as a businessman, I like it because there's no royalties with that flag being a historic artifact. You can put up that emblem on anything and you don't have to pay royalties. And that's always, that's honestly one reason you see it on a lot of stuff. Some of it stupid novelty stuff because they're not having to pay for the artwork. It's, it's free. I like that. Now, Nashville, Tennessee, we've got big news. We'll be in Nashville again on the Wednesday Y'all Show. We'll be back on Music Row with Precious Harris, and we've got a special music act going to once again join us here in our Nashville Music Line Spotlight on the Wednesday Y'all Show. So there you are. You Consider yourself warned that we'll be back in the Music City this week for Y'all on the Road. Now, I'd like to go there with a little ammunition because Nashville's just been ranked number one on the list of 10 best drinking cities in America. Well, whoop-de-doo, you thought Nashville was Music City, USA? It is Best Drinking City, USA. I assume they're talking about whiskey and beer, but Nashville is known for a lot, but yeah, now for drinking. And this list comes from the Thrill List website, and this site says that Nashville takes many of the elements that define previous entries on this list and straight up amplifies them into the stratosphere. It cites Nashville's venues, comfort, beauty, and financial appeal as factors that landed it on top of the list. Other cities on the list of America's best drinking cities include New Orleans, New York, and Milwaukee. And I've had adult beverages in, uh, I guess that would be three of three of these four cities. I've had a, a, a beverages in New Orleans, Milwaukee, and in Nashville. But never in New York, only because my one and one and only time in the Bronx was when I was like nine years old, and I did not drink at that time, and I don't drink much now. But Nashville, known for drinking. Hey, you liked Frasier, the TV show? Well, Kelsey Grammer is trying to make his presence be known in the state of North Carolina, as he's seeking to give a boost to a crime victims amendment in North Carolina, as that will be on the ballot. And he's appearing in a television commercial supporting the amendment. The pro-amendment group Marcy's Law for North Carolina announced an ad Monday featuring Grammar, and it's now airing across North Carolina. And voters will decide on the referendum, which, if approved, would expand crime victims' language already in the state constitution. Grammar says his father was shot and killed, and he found out about his killer's release through the media. He also says his sister was raped and murdered, he says the amendment gives crime victims the equal rights they deserve. Grammer appeared on TV for a similar amendment in Ohio last year. There are actually six amendments on North Carolina's ballot this fall. So a very personal story for Kelsey Grammer. How about that? Your, your dad shot and killed and your sister raped and murdered. And here's a guy that we grew up, I guess, I didn't watch the show, but Frazier, but a lot of people did. And, and Kelsey Grammer with a very sad life story and trying to make a difference here in the ballot measures going on in North Carolina. And now to the ridiculous, to kind of segue us into political talk on today's y'all show, the scariest man in politics, James Carville. Y'all know who that is, the Clinton operative who has appeared on television for decades since the Clintons were in office, sometimes has very knowledgeable stuff to say. I enjoyed Watching him, I guess, when Bush was running for president, and he's the one that first kind of said that it's over, Bush has won. 
Well, now James Carville, an LSU alum, is alleging that Devin White, who plays for the Tigers, Devin White's targeting ejection proves collusion between the Southeastern Conference and the University of Alabama, which, by the way, LSU plays Alabama not this weekend, but the following weekend, and LSU is off this week. So that means this player, White, who was targeted, uh, called for targeting, has to sit out half of the Alabama game. And so Carvel, who's a LSU uh, diehard, and that's saying it nice, says that there's clearly collusion between the SEC and Alabama. I think old James might need to stick to politics, but he can still support his Tigers. And I have to say, I love Ed Orgeron when he gets interviewed. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. He's got the same little, got that little grin on his face, and he's just waiting for that reporter to stop asking questions so he can get in a gold Tigers. Gold Tigers. (laughs) I love it. All right, we are going to talk politics. When we come back, we'll hear from the President of the United States. We'll hear from his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, being interviewed by Jackson, Tennessee's Van Jones on a special CNN deal that I found yesterday. And then as we wrap up the hour, we're going to hear a little sample of the Florida governor's debate that happened this week. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sometimes I feel I am getting kind of low 
thoughts I am thinking are the reason So I try to remember without talking to myself Things that I said or maybe things that I felt about you Sitting in a corner of a crowded barroom People all around me and I still feel alone Just when I know I'm gonna break down and cry Back into the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. We've got our political spotlight now on this all-Southern show as the general election's now two weeks away. Early voting's going on. Make sure you go out and vote, whether you do it early or you do it on November 6th. Need your vote. If you're over 18 years old and you're listening to this, there is no excuse. If, if you're a U.S. citizen, that is, no excuse not to get your vote in. We want you to vote. That's an American. That's what's expected of you. People have died for your right to vote. No matter how you vote, you should vote. Okay, enough of my sermon. We're talking about politics. President Trump was in Houston last night. He went down there to the arena that the Houston Rockets NBA team plays in, and it was packed. And he'd actually moved it from another arena that was smaller. And the president, of course, loves big crowds. And this was about as big a crowd as he's had in a while. And they were lined up outside, as they always are, but a lot more noticeable in Houston because it's in the middle of downtown where this arena was, and they had big screens, and, and he was he was living it up, okay? And then he was down in Houston to support Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is in a battle for the U.S. Senate race in Texas against O'Rourke, and Trump was down to, you know, saddle up with Ted Cruz. Mentioned, he's not he's not running from it. He, he talked about it in front of the whole crowd about their rocky relationship during the 2016 election. But they've all come together. And now things are going good for Trump, at least poll-wise, and he loves to talk about that. And even Cruz, his numbers are a little bit better now than they were in the past in the poll numbers with O'Rourke. We're going to go now here for President Trump, a little a little sample of his Monday night performance, we could call it, in Houston as he stumped for Ted Cruz. The greatest movement in the history of our country, and it's your movement much more than it's my movement. I'm just laying it out. I'm telling it like it is. From Houston to Austin, from Dallas to El Paso, from the Red River to the Rio Grande, this state was settled by some of the toughest men and strongest women ever to walk the face of the earth. This is the state where William Travis, James Bowie, and Davy Crockett made their last stand at the Alamo. This is the state where a small band of patriots at the Battle of Gonzales, armed with a single cannon, stared down a foreign army and declared, come and take it. It, they said, come and take it. Come on up. Come on up and take it. Come on. Oh, what happened? You didn't want to take it. And Texas is the state 
where generations of farmers and ranchers and oil workers and pioneers built a life and a home with their own two hands. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of luxury. But they all had one thing in common. They loved their families. They loved their country. And they loved their God. These courageous Texas patriots did not shed their blood, sweat, and tears so that we could sit at home while others try to erase their legacy, tear down our history, and destroy our proud American heritage. For the sake of our freedom and for the sake of our children, we are going to work, we are going to fight, and we are going to win, 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 and going to keep Huge crowd, or as I should say in Trumpian, huge crowd there in Houston, Texas last night for the president speaking before about uh, 15,000 maybe, 15,000 people on hand at the arena there that the Houston Rockets play in, in downtown Houston as he was there to support Ted Cruz, and you also had the Governor Abbott in attendance, the Lieutenant Governor of the state of Texas, John Cornyn, the other senator for Texas who's not on the ballot here in a couple of weeks, but a lot of officials from out throughout Texas there, and it was a raucous crowd in support of President Trump and Ted Cruz, and, and they're going to hopefully carry that momentum for their sake into November 6th's vote. Now, that wasn't the only exciting thing on TV that I found yesterday. Jared Kushner is the president's son-in-law, of course, married to Ivanka, and he has been a real enigma really throughout his whole life. I mean, I, I, I remember... I think it was on a foreign trip maybe to Israel or somewhere, you first heard him actually talk for a few seconds. It, it kind of sounded like a boring robot, to be honest with you. Now, here's a guy who was successful in his own right before marrying into the Trump family, New Yorker, has done well. Of course, there's some shady stuff in his background, primarily with his dad going to prison. Chris Christie actually helped send him to prison. So, Jared Kushner, I found an interview from CNN. It's a show called Citizen, and Van Jones is the interviewee on this show, and it came out yesterday on CNN's digital platform. I'm sure it's on the regular network at times, too, but Van Jones did a great job in this interview. Now, they have a connection, Jones and Kushner, over prison reform, and they talk about that in this interview, but it was fascinating to hear Jones, who had spent time in the Obama White House, kind of making Jared Kushner seem like a real person. And I, I actually was somewhat impressed by Kushner. I think it's a great tactic to get him out a little bit more. We're going to go here a little bit of this Jackson, Tennessee native Van Jones talking to Jared Kushner, an enigma, but Jones is getting him to talk. And let's see what they were talking about. And you have this big, big portfolio uh, what do you say to people who say, like, uh, what qualifies you to go and take on these tough issues, like, all around the world? Like, I think that's one of the big questions people have. Why, why should we have confidence in you to do all this stuff? Well, I think the first thing is that the president trusts me. I think he knows that uh, every uh, task he's given me uh, from the start of the campaign through, uh, I've been able to do it quietly. I've been able to do it effectively. I've been able to deliver results. Uh, I don't make a lot of noise. Uh, noise is sometimes made about me, but I try to keep my head down and 
and I think that he's a businessman and I'm a businessman and uh, the way I look at it is that it's all about uh, accomplishing the objective. So you have to be very laser focused, not get distracted by it. Uh, a lot of these tasks are, are uh, you know, it's an honor to work on, but uh, I find that when I'm asked to take on something, I, the first thing I'll do is I'll reach out to people who have experience doing it. I'll, I'll talk to a lot of people, I'll put together the different perspectives, and then I'll come up with uh, a plan of action to try and execute on. And to date, we've been successful in a lot of things that people thought we wouldn't be successful on. And it started in the campaign. I mean, people thought that, um, you know, there's a lot of people saying the campaign was disorganized, the campaign didn't have any infrastructure. We did have a lot of infrastructure. We were very organized. We just weren't out there talking about it, and we didn't have the traditional people doing it. So we uh, talked to a lot of conventional uh, campaign people. We came up with ways to do it, and then we executed uh, very effectively. And we've done the same with a lot of things in government. Well, one of the reasons why I want to have the conversation is because you do have an unorthodox approach. And uh, I think a lot of people uh, expect uh, the, the megaphone approach which is to broadcast your ideas, get a lot of people on board. You, you have more of the cell phone approach. You, you're, you're, not, you're not broadcasting, you're kind of narrow casting mm -hmm. to particular leaders. And um, part of this conversation, I want people to know how your brain works. You, you got called the hidden genius uh, of, of the administration. Now you're embarrassed, but uh, <laughs> Nikki Haley called you the hidden genius. And I think it's important for people to understand how you approach this stuff. And that's the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, talking to Van Jones on the CNN series Citizen. You can check that out at CNN.com. And just trying to let you hear a little bit about the president's son-in-law, a little taste of what, you know, what's up with that guy. Because he really never gives interviews, and certainly not for a lengthy time like Van Jones was able to get with him. When we come back, we'll keep talking politics, but we'll break it down on a state level. Florida's got a big governor's race. And when we come back, we're going to hear a little portion of of the debate the candidates for governor in the state of Florida had on Sunday night. That's next here on The Y'all Show. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <laughs> Moving expenses? Ugh. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. We see it every day. They cut you off and they tick you off. It's called road rage, but they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. 
beer open Just pass the ball No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance Welcome back. Yeah, good Florida song there for you here on the Y'all Show. And speaking of the Sunshine State, they've got a huge race for governor and Senate, too, in the state of Florida on November 6th as we continue our political spotlight on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. The candidates for governor had their last debate Sunday night, and we're going to go hear a little portion from the Republican candidate Ron DeSantis and the Democratic candidate Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Flor- the mayor of Florida's capital city, Tallahassee. DeSantis, a former congressman who's given up his seat for this Republican candidate for governor. And we're hearing now a little portion of their debate from this week. Here's what I would say as governor. If somebody somehow falls through the crack, if there's a change in law federally or court decision, um, I will sign a bill uh, to take care of people with pre-existing conditions. We need to take care of those folks. But you know what? I know people in the military, families with people with pre-existing conditions who are on TRICARE. Andrew's running away from Medicare for All, but he ran commercials in the primary saying how he was for it. Medicare for All takes away TRICARE. It forces military families onto a single-payer government plan. So here's the thing. I want protections. I want to have a lot of things for plans, but you actually have to have access to a physician. You can't get stuck on a waiting list under a single-payer plan. Man, that'll make the VA waiting list look like the fast pass at Disney World. Mayor Gill? Listen, uh, Mr. DeSantis uh, wants to correct his record now, but for six years while in Congress, he voted over a dozen times uh, to repeal the ACA. Uh, he voted to allow insurance companies to discriminate against people based off of pre-existing conditions. For those folks who are at home, uh, if you're sitting on the couch with one other person, uh, between the two of you, probably one of you has a pre-existing condition. And this congressman would have allowed for insurance companies to discriminate against you based off of that pre-existing condition. He told a cancer patient who wanted to know without insurance coverage, how would they get access to health care? He said you could always go to the emergency room. Now, we disagree on a lot, but on Thank that you. statement alone, well, Congressman DeSantis is disqualified for that. the office the of governor. The point was, when you talk about this coverage, what does that coverage get you? The fact is, with Medicaid expansion, people didn't have access to doctors. Most physicians do not accept new Medicaid patients. So the reality is, you have people with that card, but they are going to the hospital for primary care. I don't think that's a good thing, but that, in fact, is the reality. Health care is the major issue on Floridians' minds. Uh, everyday Floridians are concerned uh, about getting sick because if they get sick in this state, they can't go to work. If they can't go to work, they can't earn a wage. If they can't earn a wage, they can't pay their bills. And when they don't pay their bills, something gets cut off. Thank you. Uh, this is not uh, th- th- this issue is deserving of our time because 
this is this is not something we can just walk past. This is the issue that is at the top of mind for everyday Floridians. And we deserve to hear from the congressman exactly what his health care proposal is. He's been promising one for months. Nothing has Final come from his office. Well, look, Andrew wants to take away employer provided coverage. He thinks it should be it's illegal. You support Medicare for all. Read the bill. Define That's what Medicare it does. For all. You ran commercials saying you supported single payer. You said you would do a single payer confederacy with New York and California. Man, our taxes will go up and then we'll send all the money to California. That's not a good health care plan for Floridians. So I want to protect people's current arrangements. Government should not force you off your plans. And neither would I. Uh, the congressman, again, uh, his votes have diluted him into uh, his own definition of what health care is. So you don't support Bernie Sanders' what, Medicare what for I all? What I support is expanding Medicaid for over 800,000 Floridians who deserve to have if access Medicare, to their own If doctor. a single payer came and to your desk, you, Governor, would you sign it or veto it? What I would do would is you sign expand it? Medicaid would for you over 800,000 of the most medically needy people. Right. You wouldn't sign it? I should also say this, uh, because this is clearly uh, fun and games for the congressman, but for me, I grew up having to wait for the free dental clinic to come through my neighborhood in order for us to get our teeth cleaned. As a child, I was accustomed to going into the emergency rooms because I thought that was the regular thing. I didn't so, realize you were supposed you. to have a doctor and have a regular relationship. You, this is not politics. This is real. From the fiery debate this week between Ron DeSantis, the Republican, and Andrew Gillum, the Democrat, as these two men face off in the governor's race in the state of Florida. And that is our Spotlight on politics this week on The Y'all Show. Well, we've got a spotlight called Sports Lanyap coming at you next hour. And we'll tell you about some craziness in college football. The World Series starts tonight. And a pro wrestler is having to give up his belt. We'll tell you about it. And he's a former Georgia Tech football player. We've got that ahead. Plus, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue is going to be stopping by for a report. That's all on The Y'all Show, Hour 2, coming up. Welcome back to the Y'all Show for another star-spangled hour of great Southern talk with your host, John Rawl. And yeah, we, we've got the stars aligning here on the Y'all Show. As we told you in hour one, we're going to be back on Music Row tomorrow. We'll have Precious Harris joining us for more country music goodness. And she's going to line up a great songwriter, singer, I, may even be a duo. I'm still waiting to get confirmation, so I don't want to let the cat out of the bag but yeah that'll be on wednesday's y'all show we were there two weeks ago with a great report and we'll be back on wednesday's show from nashville's music row so a lot of good stuff coming on the y'all show with john rawl we've got the barrister of bodacious barbecue coming at you in the next segment and he's going to have plenty of good grilling and barbecue spots to check out across the region when we get to his report later but up first it's sports laggy nappy also known as lanyap and we're going to look around various sports here as we do each tuesday on the y'all show and we'll start off with nfl man the season is getting kind of like college football i think college football for some teams they've already notched eight games already so some teams are what is that 67 percent of the way through the schedule well the nfl season is not quite that far along but it's getting there and last night in Monday Night Football, 
the Atlanta Falcons knocked off the New York football Giants in Atlanta. And it was a, a score that was a little closer than it really was, 23-20. But the Falcons found a way to win, and the football Giants found a way to lose. And they still have one win on the season. I think they're 1-6 and six right now. And the pressure is mounting in the Bronx and, and, and in Manhattan and in Queens and in Staten Island and in Jersey on what's going on with the G-Men as they're terrible. And I know it's very easy to criticize the veteran quarterback, Eli Manning. I'm sure he does deserve some of the criticism. But if you look at his numbers from Monday night, he had almost 400 yards in passing and he had at least one touchdown pass. I don't know how many interceptions, if any, that he had. I actually didn't watch all of the game. But, you know, for a 36-year-old, 37-year-old quarterback, he's he's not that bad. He just doesn't have – he doesn't really have a good cast. And that's been the G-men's problem for a while now. And so in this game, Monday night, I know it's very easy to criticize New York for going for two when they really didn't have to toward the end of the game. If you saw it, they were down two scores – and they went for two when they got that first score, and they didn't get it. Well, don't blame that on Eli Manning. That was clearly, clearly a catchable ball. And their star, very well-paid wide receiver, Odell Beckham, dropped it. Okay? Let's just call it like it is. So he didn't get that. And and so the Giants were down Eight that at that point the, the Falcons ended up kicking a very long field goal by a brand new player for them that just got added this past week, and I think he knocked a 56-yarder through in the last couple of seconds, and so that was a big difference maker there. But New York just looked bad, and they're they're bad, and now they're in the NFC East, and that's where the Dallas Cowboys are. The boys ain't exactly tearing it up either. So as a measure to help try to stop the bleeding the cowboys are making some wheeling and dealing going on and on monday the cowboys acquired former alabama crimson tide wide receiver amari cooper from the oakland raiders for a 2019 first round pick and this will give oakland something to build on in the future in fact the raiders have three first round picks coming up in the 2019 draft i think Coach Gruden in Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas, has kind of given up on this year. And I assume with a 10-year contract, I think that's what he got, he can afford to make these kind of drastic moves and build for the future. But, yeah, giving away a guy who's been a very good – I mean, he was an all-pro, I think, for his first two years, Cooper was, for the the Raiders. But now going to Dallas, you would think he would enjoy the change of scenery and can do good things for Dak Prescott. Prescott needs help receiving – and Cooper, who's coming off an injury, he actually, I think, was in concussion protocol this past weekend when the Cowboys fell at Washington in an NFC East battle. But some help coming for Dallas on the offense with Amari Cooper coming over from Oakland. One guy that would like to follow Cooper's lead is Patrick Peterson of the Arizona Cardinals, the all-pro cornerback, has asked to be traded by the October 30th deadline. Of course, Peterson starred at LSU, and according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, he desperately wants out. And the Cardinals actually say, we're not trading Patrick. That's out of the question. So who knows what's going to happen there in the desert. But this former LSU player 
wants to go somewhere else. And some say, hey, wouldn't it be great if he played for the New Orleans Saints? And congrats to the Saints. They are 5-1, and one, I think, right now, and leaders of the NFC South by one game over the Carolina Panthers in a very cluttered NFC South. NFL action begins Thursday of this week when the Dolphins travel to the Houston Texans. And the Texans, I think, are on a four-game win streak right now. So congrats to the football team located in the Bayou City. Game one of the World Series commences tonight, and former Texas Longhorn pitcher Clayton Kershaw will be on the mound for the Dodgers as he's the game one starter. So you got Major League Baseball's Fall Classic going on tonight from Boston as this first pitch is going to be 8.09 on Fox, 8.09 Eastern, 7.09 Central. Kershaw versus Chris Sale for the Boston Red Sox. Should be a great matchup. The Dodgers back in the World Series for the second year in a row. Boston, after a little bit of an absence, now back with their first-year coach. I think that needs to be a reminder, a manager, I should say. I don't even know his name, but he was a first-year manager. Led him to an unbelievable regular season. And now the Bo Sox trying to capture another World Series for Beantown. Major League Baseball's World Series begins tonight. Game two is tomorrow with another 8.09 Eastern, 7.09 Central first pitch from Boston before the series goes out west. And on Friday, they'll have game three at Shea Ravine. Now to the world of wrestling. WWE fans are big fans of Roman Reigns. Well, his real name is Leite Joseph Anoye, and he opened up on Monday night's broadcast of Monday Night Raw by announcing that he has leukemia, and he's going to give up his belt and will be stepping aside from the sport, if you want to call it a sport. And he said, quote, my real name is Joe, and I've been living with leukemia for 11 years, and unfortunately it's back. And because leukemia is back, I cannot fulfill my role. I can't be that fighting champion, and I'm going to have to relinquish the Universal Championship. I want to make one thing clear. By no means is that a retirement speech, because after I'm done whipping leukemia's ass once again, I'm coming back home. Pretty strong words from this star. And honestly, I don't follow WWE, but I saw him... Early in the football season, he was a guest picker when college game day was at TCU. It might have been like the second game of the year. And he was there, and he was wearing a Georgia Tech golf shirt. And I was like, what, what is a guy wearing a Georgia Tech golf shirt doing on ESPN college football game day? Turns out he played for Georgia Tech I don't know, about 13 years ago or so during the Chan Gailey era in Atlanta. And... Again, his name was Joseph Anoye, A-N-O-A apostrophe I. I assume he has Samoan heritage, perhaps, or Hawaiian heritage. But, yeah, he played for Tech and then tried to play in the NFL for the Vikings and Jaguars. Didn't quite make it there, then got into WWE. But how about that? An 11-year struggle with leukemia, and uh, didn't no one knew it. And now everyone knows it and he's giving up his belt after announcing his diagnosis. So we wish him all the best. And I know right now I have a very close family member dealing with leukemia, and it's a strange form of leukemia. And hopefully that will be defeated on my end, not by me personally, but a close family member, blood kin. 
So we hope that all the best goes down for Roman Reigns in his fight, and he gets the belt back, and he gets back in the ring and puts some Georgia Tech yellow jacket whooping on his opponents. Alabama backup quarterback Jalen Hurts had a procedure for an ankle sprain, and it was a high ankle sprain suffered during the win at Tennessee. And Coach Nick Saban was at a speaking engagement in the city of Birmingham on Monday and announced this injury. And he said that Hertz underwent a, quote, minor procedure, but he doesn't expect the junior quarterback to be out for long. Now, good news for Nick Saban. The tide is off this week, so they can give him a few more days to rest up before they face off against the Bayou Bengals in Baton Rouge. Saban said that he didn't know Hertz had injured his ankle until after the game. He hurt it when he scored on a 21-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter, but he ended up going back into the game. Isn't it crazy how these athletes can be hurt? And they may know they're kind of seriously hurt, but they keep on trucking, and that's something we all should maybe take a lesson from. Jalen Hurts with a ankle sprain, and he's going to, again, be out a little while, but whether he plays in the LSU game or not, no telling. Hurts lost his starting job to Tua Tiagvaola, Though the Alabama starter is battling an injury of his own, the Hawaiian quarterback has been bothered by a strained right knee, and he left the game at Tennessee in the third quarter with a knee injury that Saban downplayed after the win. But quarterback injury issues going on at the capstone. But the third-string quarterback that I've seen play for Alabama, he's not too bad either. So if you're thinking Alabama's going down, maybe not so fast. So Hurts, we wish him the well, and hopefully he's not Hurts too bad. Let's look at the group of five college football standings right now on the Y'all Show. Kudos to the UCF Knights. They're ranked number 10 in the country. They continue to be a a Cinderella story, and I think they've won around 20 games in a row now. This was a team in 2015 that lost every single game that season, including to the FCS Furman Paladins. And now, three years later, they are 7-0, undefeated in the AAC and continued to impress. They defeated East Carolina easily this past weekend, and they're on the road to another New Year's Six Bowl. Maybe if the cards align for them, they could even get into the playoff. Yeah, I said it, especially after what they did last year, and if they can back it up with a new coach this year. Yeah, kudos to everybody in Orlando. But in the AAC, the Knights are out front in the conference with a 4-0 mark, but right behind them, nipping on their heels, the Temple Owls. Temple had a big win over Cincinnati this past weekend, so that was a good news. Now, there's another undefeated team also from the AAC that hasn't lost a game. Two of the five teams in the country that have not lost games are from the American Athletic Conference, UCF, and their cross-Florida interstate, whatever that is, the South Florida Bulls, ranked number 21 in the country, also 7-0, and USF and UCF leading the way. In the west side of the AAC, the Houston Cougars are 6-1 and overall, 3-0 and in the conference. SMU with a big win over the weekend. They went down to Yulman Stadium in New Orleans and big, got, got a big win over Tulane, and they moved to 2-1 and in the AAC. Now looking at other conferences in the south, let's talk about Conference USA for a spell. Mind? Okay. Florida International, the Golden Panthers are 5-2, and two, and they lead the East Division of CUSA. MTSU is 4-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one also. And another team, the Marshall Thundering Herd, 3-1 and one in the conference, 5-2 and two overall. 
But when you move over to the west side of Conference USA, I am very impressed with what's going on in the Magic City. UAB is 6-1, and one, and they're 4-0 and oh in Conference USA. This is a team that was shut down a couple of years ago. They were just brought back last year, and they're doing great things. They got another big win, and keep your eye on UAB going back to another bowl, but potentially getting in the rankings real soon. They're, they're a heartbeat away from cracking the AP Top 25 right now. The Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are 3-1. and one. And then I'm going to skip down to some other teams in the CUSA that I saw a game played this weekend. It's actually from the East Division. Old Dominion and Western Kentucky both were fighting for their first conference win. And they had a game in Bowling Green on Saturday. And there were three untimed downs at the end of the game. Western Kentucky had the lead. Then Old Dominion got a tying touchdown just before the game ended. They kicked off. Western Kentucky moved the ball. Uh, penalty came. They they tried a long field goal. Uh, Old Dominion got cited for having too many players on the field, so they got another kick a little closer. And this kick didn't make it to the crossbar. Old Dominion takes it, runs almost the length of the field, and what could have been a dramatic win similar to Alabama and Auburn. But instead, a WKU player got called for a face mask around the 20-yard line. So that pushes the ball around the 10-yard line. And Old Dominion has a walk-off field goal at the buzzer after the buzzer had already gone off three untimed downs. And they get a big win, the Monarchs do, in Bowling Green to improve to 2-6 and six overall and 1-4 and four in Conference USA with that three untimed down ending at the end. And I have been in the stands of one game that ended on an untimed down, and my team got ripped off in 1986, and I'm still upset about it. Eric Kramer of the NC State Wolfpack, they cheated. They got an extra down in Raleigh against my team, and it just ain't it ain't right. And so I know Western Kentucky fans are hurting right now, losing that one at home to the Monarchs. Also, let's look around other conferences in the group of five that we need to tell you about. Sunbelt Conference, Georgia Southern is impressive right now. Man, they've come a long way. I think it was two years ago they were having a horrible season. They're 6-1 and one right now, and they are 3-0 and oh in conference. But the darling of the Sunbelt is the App State Mountaineers. They are in the top 25 at number 25 at 3-0 and oh in the conference, 5-1 and one overall. On the west side of the Sunbelt, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe are 2-2. Two and two in conference play, 4-4 four and four overall. Now to the FCS coaches poll and the Southern Connections there. Well, of course, North Dakota State still leads that with 26 first-place votes. But Kennesaw State is at number two, followed by James Madison. They picked up two spots as they got Stony Brook coming into Harrisonburg, Virginia this week. So the Dukes are number three, also from the south in the top 25 of the FCS. The Elon Phoenix at six. Walford is at seven. The Towson Tigers are at number 10. The Jacksonville State Gamecocks, which actually lost this past weekend at SEMO, they are 12th in the latest rankings of the FCS. The Bears of Central Arkansas move up after they got a win against Northwestern State. The Bears are ranked number 14. McNeese, they are ranked number 16. They actually lost last week at Incarnate Word. They got UCA coming to Lake Charles this weekend. The Aggies of North Carolina A&T are at number 18. The Nichols Colonels, they are 
at number 19 as they travel to, or rather, Incarnate Word comes to Thibodeau this weekend. Sam Houston State, which lost at Lamar. Lamar, a team that's only been around about eight years now. Sam Houston State right there in Texas playing their East Texas rival. I guess you could call it that. Lamar, the Cardinals win 41-23 last week. As a result, the Bearcats dropped 12 spots in the latest FCS Coaches Bowl. And finally, ETSU lost at Wofford this past weekend for their first SOCON loss of the year. And the Bucks are ranked number 25 in the latest FCS Coaches Poll. And that is what is going on in college football and more here in our sports land. Yep. As we do each week here on the show, we love to kind of give these smaller conferences a little love, whether it's a group of five or FCS. I even told you last week on the show about a little NAIA action here on the Y'all Show. So we're we're looking around the Southland for great college football or other sports news. We got WWE mixed in today's land. Yep. We try to give it something for all y'all here on the show that is all about the South. And if you have a question or a comment or suggestion for a sports team, easy way to do that. Our number is 803-816-1170. Our email address is y'all show. That's Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W at y'all.com. Y-A-L-L.com. And if you forgot everything I just told you, just remember these simple four letters. Y-A-L-L. Y'all. Y'all Y'all.com. If you go there, you'll see a link to our Y'all Show. You'll see a link to our archives. You'll see the link to call us, the link to check out our Instagram page, our Twitter page. Y'all.com, the clearinghouse and the homepage for all things Southern. And that is our sports lanyard for today. When we come back, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue is lined up and coming at you. It's Matt Hearmans. I can't wait to hear what kind of grilling tips he has this week. We made him talk about baked potatoes last week. He wasn't expecting that. But boy, he can sure tell you about them. And uh, we'll also hear from Matt about all that's going on with barbecue across the region. So that is up next, our barbecue spotlight on the Y'all Show with the general, John Rawls. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. 
And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1. Doug 2. Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome. 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool ampersand underscore exclamation point exclamation point 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate bug just a sipping on suds ain't never too early. To light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no the Tuesday, y'all, continues. Welcome back to the show that's all about the South. And I'm your host, John Rawl, joined by Matt Hermans now the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, where we have him on the show at this time each week when we're able to catch him. And, Matt, you say that this was the highlight of your week coming on the Y'all Show to talk barbecue and grilling. Hopefully that's still the case. I love it. I love it. Yes, I, I will. Any excuse to talk barbecue, um, I love it. Yes, I do look forward to it every week. All right, well. Hopefully you uh, are going to be able to get through the rest of your week after you kind of knock out your highlight early here on a Tuesday with the All Show. I'm sure you just kind of went into deep depression the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, it is kind of like it's peaking early in the week. So, yeah, I just have to find a way to kind of struggle through until I can get out and fire my own pit up uh, on the weekend. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. The struggle is real. Well, that's one thing. Here we are talking about it, but we're not actually devouring or actually performing or eating barbecue. So there's got to be a little bit of an uptick when you get a chance to actually get that pig on a fire and get that going. That, that's true. That, the payoff's nice. Mm. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, barbecue, uh, kind of like baseball, it's talking sports plenty to talk about right yeah speaking of sports anything big 12 you need to get off your hairy chest this week no i think i think we talked about it early on this year i think it's uh it's gonna be maybe the most wide open league and i think that's still the case right now i think every uh well there are nine te- or uh, 10 teams and i think uh probably seven of them are still um uh, mathematically uh with a chance to win the league so it's still wide open and that's kind of what i expected that's where we're at. Well, the Horns travel to Stillwater this week for a game against Okie State. And Okie State's a team that has been a little bit of a, a, a head-scratcher this year with losses no one really probably thought they'd have in the conference. Do you think that the Pokes will have a chance this Saturday? Uh, no. Oh, really? um, okay. Not, not necessarily. Well, it, it's always – I would say it's always tough to play in Stillwater. they got a great stadium and, and fan support there. It's loud. 
But uh, yeah, Oklahoma State is not not a good team this year. I think they've showed it. Uh, typically, Oklahoma State's one of these teams that's won nine or ten games the last six, seven years. It seems like every year they're in contention for uh, uh, the, the league title, but then, uh, you know, a good bowl and a couple years in the last decade, maybe even a DCS uh, bowl or a playoff spot. So, but this year, no, they're they're not the same team. They've lost some games at home, and uh, they were, the offense is really struggling. The defense was supposed to be a, uh, a highlight for them this year, but I think that the offense has been so bad that the defense has spent too much time on the field, and uh, they just they're they're not good. They're I think at this point they're they're one of the they're one of the three at the bottom there that's probably not in contention at this point. And would you go ahead and put TCU in that category of not in contention? Yes. Really? I would. I would say TCU, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. Uh, oh. Baylor's kind of on the outside. They, oh, still... so you're telling me Kansas has a chance? No, Kansas is a given. I okay. mean, I don't even need to talk about Kansas. They never. <laughs> that's uh, I mean, sure, yeah. Well, let me throw Kansas in there, but uh, yeah, they're. I don't think that that's just every year, right? Yeah. Well, they they were pretty good back when the the big guy was leading them, but they kind yeah, of yeah. Mark... Man, Gino, you're right. They they took him to a BCS bowl, then they promptly fired him. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was the high point of Kansas football about a decade ago. You're right. Hey, but Rock Chalk's number one in the latest preseason basketball poll. So kudos to them. All right, Absolutely. Matt. We are doing a good job of educating people who may not be up on the Big Twelve. Well, it's come to our attention that there's some people who may not be quite to the doctoral level of barbecuing that you are. So we need to break it down and simplify things. And so. On today's show with Matt Hermans, we're going to kind of walk through barbecue and, and what exactly is barbecue? What does that really mean? So, Matt, the classroom is yours, Professor. Awesome. Well, what we've done, of course, everybody who's listened to our show um, is kind of t- talk about the different uh, different barbecue places, different barbecue regions across the South, and that's been a heck of a good time. Um, but I'm thinking... Uh, some folks out there maybe uh, maybe start to to want to do their own, or maybe uh, say, you know, I can't make it to this corner of the uh, the southern United States, and maybe I want to uh, maybe I want to make my own uh, barbecue. So I figured it was a good time, and and uh, there's many different, several different meats, but there's some certainly big ones, and I figured we'd uh, talk a little bit about kind of the basics um, to begin today, and I could talk about uh, this subject for forever but i'm going to kind of nutshell it so barbecue it's a great question when you say what is barbecue um barbecue is the uh the art i'll call it an art sounds a little uh pretentious but it is the method put it that way of cooking uh large pieces of meat low and slow indirectly uh with uh with some type of smoke either from charcoal either from uh, charcoalized wood or from uh, actually uh, chunks of wood um, to to make the meat tender and and, uh, and and delicious okay so basically these are large pieces of meat that you cannot cook directly in other words you cannot put uh, and some people argue with me about this but uh, yeah you can't put a rack of ribs directly over fire and cook it like a hamburger and have it turn out to be barbecue it's, it's not possible it, it requires uh it requires time it requires a certain type of steady low heat uh, to get to that barbecue consistency now i so i know some people out there probably have done that before 
but it's a totally different thing when you when you compare grilling something like that to barbecue. The texture, the, the taste, the smoke, the bark, the outside, the everything is, is different. So barbecue, uh, and this it, it got started uh, in the South in, in this country. Basically, I thought you were going to say it got started in the Old Testament because remember in the Bible, I don't know if you picked up one of those lately. <laughs> they are always. Uh, firing up some kind of meat to please God. So I was hoping you were going to tell me it goes back to those days. The burnt offering, sure, yeah. If we want to talk about kind of how far back do you want to go, if you want to talk about cooking meat over fire, I mean, this goes back probably to, you know, who knows, thousands and a long time ago, put it that way. But uh, but we're talking specifically uh, Southern American barbecues. And, yeah, this this came from the old days, cooking whole pigs over coals and, Everybody around the, the, the plantation or the, the farm uh, eating that way, and basically you take a you take a an, a, a, a a tough or leftover large piece of meat and you cook it to the uh, with a method that makes it delicious. That is the tr- that is the challenge of barbecue, and that is what it is. But uh, it's not grilling. Uh, you know, uh, people in different regions of the country will call a grill a barbecue. Or they will say they're going to barbecue hamburgers or hot dogs, and I think for people like myself who are uh, kind of barbecue, live and breathe barbecue, that kind of drives us crazy because uh, it's kind of an oxymoron. If you grill something, it's not barbecue, and if you barbecue, you're you're smoking something slow indirectly. But those are the definitions. What I wanted to talk about here today is if somebody out there wants to throw a rack of ribs on, and that's one of the three uh, you could call the the three holy meats of uh of southern barbecue would be ribs now there are two types of ribs there are well there are more than two types of ribs but let's focus on the two most popular types of ribs you've got baby back ribs and you've got spare ribs and these are these are different cuts one comes a little bit higher up near the pork tenderloin Uh, they call those loin back that is those are baby back ribs and you have spare ribs that come a little lower on the pig uh, which are longer, bigger, tend to be uh, a little bit meatier and a little bit more difficult to cook. The main difference, I would say, between baby backs and spare ribs, spare ribs have a little bit more connective tissue. They have more fat. Um, so the texture is different. They cook a little bit differently. Baby backs tend to be a little leaner um, and a little. the texture is a little more meaty as opposed to kind of rendered fat, which, which makes something very, very soft. When you think of a... When you think of a perfectly cooked spare rib, you think of it being uh, soft and, and, and fatty um, with that kind of uh, very, very strong, porky, almost bacon-like texture cooked a certain way. And then a baby back rib, a little more meaty, maybe closer to a, a, a tender pork chop or maybe even a pork tenderloin, if you want to put it that way. But those are the two types of ribs. And uh, the way you want to cook ribs is you always want to cook them indirectly. So if you've got a charcoal grill, or a smoker. Smoker, you'll be fine because you're already cooking indirect. But if you've even got a gas grill, you can cook ribs indirect. You want to have, uh, you want to put your ribs on the other side of the heat. So wherever your heat's coming from, if you have a charcoal grill, you want to put your coals and your wood on a one side of the, the pit, and you want to put the ribs on the far other side of the pit. That's that's the way you can get it indirectly. You can do that on a gas grill as well. The main things to barbecue are. Uh, the prepping the meat, you got to have your rub, and then you've got to have your fire, and you've got to cook it at the right temperature. So whether you have babies or spare ribs, 
you'll want to take the ribs out of the package. Uh, you will want to, uh, a lot of people peel off the membrane on the back of the rib. So if you've got the, the front of the rib is kind of the convex top. It's where it's, the rib cage is kind of curved. Um, people kind of know instinctively what the top of the rib looks like. It's the, the, the meaty part. You look underneath uh, the ribs, even babies and spares, they have a what's called a membrane. A lot of people remove that because it's got a, a kind of a strange texture um, when you eat them. Some people don't, but I would say for somebody who's just getting started, you want to flip those ribs over, take a paper towel, start at the corner, and tear that membrane off. It'll kind of look like parchment paper when you pull it off. That allows you to get get your seasoning uh, into both sides of the rib. And, of course, the more rub you've got on there, the more flavor you're going to get. So I would say step one, remove that membrane. Uh, step number two, uh, put a little bit of oil on on the ribs, a little bit of peanut oil, something that has a high burn temperature. So avocado oil, canola oil, peanut oil, these are all good. Uh, this kind of seals in the juice a little bit. That also gets your, your rub to stick. So, um, so remove the membrane, uh, then put a little oil coating on it, then get whatever rub you like. There's all kinds of store-bought rubs out there. Of course, you can make your own. Um, but put it on there. It's called a rub, but you don't necessarily have to rub it in. Some people do. Uh, but all you have really have to do is, is sprinkle it on to the extent that it's covered uh, both the front and the back. Uh, at that point, your ribs, these are, this is the, kind of the basic method. At that point, your ribs are ready to roll. You've got to have your fire ready. Um, you want to cook the ribs probably between anywhere from 225 to 300. It's probably kind of the strike zone for, for ribs now. Uh, there are there are two ways of thought. Some people swear by the very low and very slow. I cook around 225 to 230. The highest I'll ever get is 250, but that takes can take you four or five hours. There are other schools of thought where you cook hot and fast, which is closer to 300. And this is within the context of kind of the definitions of barbecue. So it's not really hot and it's not really fast. It's just a little bit hotter and a little bit faster than, say, cooking at 225. So if you get up towards 300, the ribs will cook a little bit faster, uh, but you're still talking a three-and-a-half, four-hour process on a good rack of ribs. So hot and fast and low and slow within the context of barbecue are, are, are still pretty pretty low and pretty slow. So once you've got your ribs on, uh, you've got your temperature set up, uh, of course, you got to maintain the charcoal or the wood you've got going. You need to check on that every hour and a half or so, monitor it. When your temperature starts dropping, you'd add a little bit more charcoal in there, maybe add a little bit more wood, depending on how uh, how uh, smoky you want the ribs. And that's all your decision. That's everybody. Every pit master has their own flavor profile. But uh, you want to cook ribs to about 195 or 200. 200 is getting pretty close to falling off the bone. 195 is closer to what we call competition style, which means you actually have to bite the meat off, um, and it kind of leaves a mouth-shaped mark. Uh, but anywhere from 195 to 200, a little bit over, depending on how you like it, you can stick a little temperature gauge in there and figure it out. Um, Matt, at that point, we need to yes, take a, we need to take a break. My notepad here, where I'm taking all these great notes, is literally about to run out of paper. Uh, I don't know how you know all this stuff about uh, grilling, but you sure do. When we come back, we're going to let Matt get back to the classroom and tell us more about getting that rib just right when you have the grill out. This is the Y'all Show with the Barbecue Barrister. We'll be right back.
Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com this here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So this here story has a happy ending after all. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. is the y'all show talk with a southern accent our number 803-816-1170 and on the world wide web we are at y'all.com y-a-l-l.com john rawl your host and we're joined in this final segment of today's show by matt hearman's the barrister of bodacious barbecue and good lord of mercy we've been talking about how to barbecue ribs and if you don't know by the end of today's show how to go get that grill ready for ribs, then you need hip. And Matt, I tell you what, I have, by listening to you, determined that there's no way in heck I could ever make a rib properly. So I'm just going to have to <laughs> depend on McDonald's McRibs to get me through the day. <laughs> the McRib, yeah. That's, uh, that doesn't quite look like ribs. That's kind of weird how that is, but... Uh... No, you could do it, John. You could you could definitely do it. I think you would make some top-notch barbecue. But I think we left off uh, in the mid-cook. So we've kind of laid out the basics. All you need is a, is a rack of ribs. Babies are spares. You need to remove that membrane from the backside with a paper towel. And you get a little bit of oil on the rack. And then you need to coat it, coat the rib top and bottom with the uh, whatever the rub is of your choice. You can purchase it or you can make it. Make it sweet and savory. Anything in between, it's all going to be good. 
once you've got the once you've got the ribs simply prepped there, you get them on your 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 pit, you get them on the grill or your smoker, you put them away from the heat, keep your heat between about 225 and 295, 300, whichever you want to cook. And then you get a you got to make sure you've got the right amount of smoke. So there's all kinds of different wood out there on the market. There's hickory, which is a classic. You've got pecan wood, you've got mesquite wood, you've got apple wood, you've got peach wood. Uh, you can even find some people that use grapefruit wood uh, down in, in Florida, have orange wood. It doesn't really matter what kind of wood you like. Each wood is going to have a different type of flavor. Some are stronger than others. For instance, hickory wood has this deep, rich, uh, almost uh, buttery and woodsy kind of flavor that you kind of think of when you think of barbecue. But it's a powerful, power, powerful wood. So you don't want to use too much hickory or else uh, your, your meat's going to end up take, tasting a little bit bitter. Um, you want to take it easy with hickory. Pecan different kind of wood you can use a little bit more pecan and then you get into fruit woods and they kind of have a, a lighter uh kind of woodsier flavor peach is very very woodsy it's not it doesn't taste like a peach it tastes like a specific type of wood where do they get you these to, these types of fruit trees from are they actually cutting down actual trees that produce fruit from what i understand yeah they there's a there's a market for old trees um trees that uh kind of die of their own volition because you got to have the wood dried out uh, to get that that type of sharp uh, blue smoke you want coming from these chunks. So, yeah, there's a whole market for for fruit trees. I don't know how where they if they grow them to cut them or they just these are orchards that they use uh, dead trees or trees that they've trimmed back probably. But uh, yeah, they come from all over the place. But the, the point is, each wood tastes different. People prefer different types of woods. The one type of wood that I would steer clear of if you're beginning is mesquite. Um, this is used in certain parts of Texas, but mesquite wood is very powerful. Um, you use that to smoke meat. You can really burn your taste buds up with mesquite. It's very, very powerful. But long story short, you get your ribs between 195 to about 200. You take them off your pit. Uh, the best way to slice ribs is not to cut down through the, the top. It's to flip them over. That way you can see each individual bone. You get that knife right between the bones. Saw very slowly and gently. That way you got a good-looking rib. When you cut through your, your perfectly smoked ribs, you're going to see a smoke ring, which is pink. And a lot of people who haven't cooked barbecue before think that pink is it means it's not done. That's not the case. The, the ribs are done pretty early on, but you, you're, you're simply completing the cooking process to get it to the tenderness you want it. The pink smoke ring, as we call it, is a chemical reaction between smoke and raw meat. Uh, that basically shows you that it's been smoked, that it has gotten, it has gotten the uh, the effect of burning coal or wood or both. Um, that's why the smoke ring is kind of prized because if you boil a rib or you cook it in the oven, it doesn't get a smoke ring. It's got to be smoked. It's got to have something burning. So that that's what we talk about when we talk about the pink smoke ring. But after that, you're ready to roll. You can eat your ribs, uh, you know, plain and dry. Some people prefer it that way. Uh, you can finish it off with a nice Memphis dry rub. You can find some of those recipes online that will give you kind of a basic that you can tweak yourself. Or, of course, you can slather them up with barbecue sauce however way you like it. Um, that's the great thing about ribs specifically is the flavor profiles are endless. Saucy, dry, or just crusted with that bark from your rub is going to be great. Um, so, yeah, anybody can do ribs. Uh, it's difficult to, to get them perfect. 
but even an even a even a seven out of ten rib is pretty good. And I'll tell you what, it tastes better when you do it yourself because barbecue is something to be proud of. It's a process that's uh, not just throwing something in the microwave. It really is a process. It takes some skill, and you you'll really like doing it yourself and enjoying it yourself. So I encourage anybody. Uh, who's never done it before to just follow those simple steps, get them out there, see how they turn out and enjoy your own barbecue. And it sounds like if you're going to do ribs, you're talking a minimum of three hours, usually somewhere between three and five hours commitment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even at a meaty, a meaty rack of babies or spares, you're going to it a lot. I would a lot at least four hours, just, just depending on how hot you cook. Um, you don't want to cook it too fast. You don't want to get over 300 degrees. Then you start losing tenderness. But, uh, yeah, I would allot anywhere from four to five hours. Uh, it's a project. It's not something that's going to go quick. But uh, once you get it rolling, once you get your heat adjusted, you won't have to mess with it. But one, uh, once every one and a half hours or so, uh, just to make sure everything's going well. How about that? And, of course, you can have a nice ball game on the television, and you can have a nice cocktail if you'd like and get through a nice afternoon. You remember, Saturdays are for the boys. And what better way for a boy to be a boy than to have that grill going and make some ribs. Matt, tease us. Okay, we only talked ribs today. What are the other two of the three components of barbecuing, of meats, that is, that we need to be on the lookout for for reports from yeah. you on in the future? Yeah, okay. So that's, that's a good way to put it. So you always talk, when you talk about Cajun cooking or Gulf Coast-style cuisine, you talk about the Holy Trinity. Well, the Holy Trinity of barbecue is, is going to be pork shoulder, ribs and then brisket okay. they, these people there's uh there's other meats people do belly people do chicken people do turkey but brisket ribs and shoulder are the three i would say those are the those are the three those are the three strikes for the, the barbecue the triumvirate of great barbecue triumvirate. and again we've covered ribs today so will you promise us to talk a little shoulder and or brisket in a upcoming episode of the all show Absolutely, and this is this is uh, this is just the basic kind of starter method for ribs. We can probably revisit this. And talk about some other talk about some other things you can do. To I, kind of take I don't think so, Matt. My head's my head's already about to explode from all this knowledge you you passed our way. So why didn't I learn this in school? I don't understand. <laughs> well, hopefully, I gave you uh, I can give you some flip notes later, John. How about that? Uh, sounds good. Matt Herman's Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, thank you for your awesome report. Love it. See you next time. All right. Well, that will wrap up our show today. Remember, on the Wednesday, y'all, we'll be in Nashville, Music City, USA. We'll be back on Music Row, so you don't want to miss that fun. As we continue on with the Y'all Show with John Rawl, thanks for listening. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. 
And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance.